In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Word Anchor Podcast. In the previous episode, I looked at how God spoke to Abraham, gave him instruction to leave his country and to go to a land that God was going to give him. This was a new voice to Abraham, a God he did not know. This was a new voice that spoke something so valuable to him. It had content. God gave Abraham a vision of who he will be in the future a father of many nations, and then also spoke a blessing to Abraham. Today, people become familiar with God and the things of God, that they call the name of God in vain. People use the pulpit to play games, to garner fans instead of discipling believers. They tease people with information which is useless and is not life-changing. People are desperate out there for answers. People want to know when are they going to be healed. People want to know when are they going to get the jobs they've been praying for. People want to know what's going to happen with their businesses. They want to know the future. They want to know the present. They want to know the solutions to the challenges they face. God has a voice. And when God speaks, there is a reason, a revelation, an instruction, even guidance, even conviction. This episode is titled, When God Speaks, He Encourages, He Assures. Some people think that when God has spoken something or promised them something, then it will happen without hindrances. And it is not always the case. In fact, most of the time it doesn't happen in that way. You see, God sees the end state of the life of a person or the result of a thing. And he speaks from that viewpoint. The process to get where you are going is never easy. It may have detours. It may have delays or even blockages that you will have to overcome. You might have to step on some stones. You might have to go around a mountain. You might have to stop and think and rethink and recalculate. But you see, if God is with you, he will come back and ensure that you are encouraged. He will come back and give instruction further. He will come back and tell you to hold on. God has never promised anyone in easy life. God speaks of the end result and you have to walk your way there. And I must say that that walk is never easy. That process is never easy. That path is never easy. God told Abraham to leave, gave him a promise that he will be a great nation and will be blessed. And during that 24 years of that promise, Abraham saw the fulfillment of some of the promises except the main one. He still was childless 24 years later. Whilst God gave Abraham a title deed of a vast land, He did not tell him that there will be famine on that land and what he should do about it. You see, that was the first detour that Abraham had to deal with. He found that the land had no water. There was no rain. Abraham left and went in search of land to stay for a season until things got better. Him leaving that place, the land of promise, did not mean that he was giving up on the promises of God. Some of you, God will tell you that you're going to have a husband and the husband does not come, and you give up on that dream and the wish and your prayers. No, child of God, 
even if you have to wait somewhere else, even if you have to focus your efforts on other things whilst you wait, the most important thing is to never give up. This situation that Abraham was facing would have been a reason for him to give up on the promises of God, to begin to doubt his abilities to fulfill what he had promised. He was a strange God. He was a new God, a God that could not be seen, but God that could be heard speaking. Abraham was used to seeing idols that he could feel and touch, even though they did not speak to him back. But now he was having this God that could come with a voice and speak to him, and he had to believe him. God made Abraham to prosper even in foreign lands. He was given gifts when he left the land of Gerar, where Abimelech was king. So the promise of blessing was continually being fulfilled in the life of Abraham all these 24 years. The one promise that took long was that of a son. It was a promise that would have been nearer to his heart, even more than the wealth that he was having. To Abraham, all the wealth meant nothing as it hindered the promise of being a great nation. He had no heir and that was an issue. The promise of God was true, but it took way too long. It was natural for Abraham to begin to ask himself, how was this going to be? How was this thing going to happen when he still did not have a son? How could he be a father of many nations when he did not even have a single son? What was the point of being wealthy, have male and female servants, and not have a son to leave your inheritance for? God found Abraham and Sarai childless and raised an expectation by promising them a son. And years went by and still there was no son. This was a point in life where they needed to be encouraged, when they needed the assurance of God. Other people have left the faith simply because they could not hold on to the promises of God, simply because God has delayed, simply because they've been waiting for so long and they have not seen the promises of God. They have read the word and they've believed. Some of them have received the prophecies, but it has not come to pass. And they will look at the things of God and say, perhaps God does not want to give me this. And they give up on him. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 to 3, Abraham reached that point of almost giving up on that promise. It says, God came to Abraham and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, saying, I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. That was a painful point for Abram. God was there. Abram had just gotten back from a fighting for Lord, and he brought uh, with him the goods that uh, Lord had and everything else that was taken over by those five kings. But he still had no son. And God said to him, I am your exceedingly great reward. Abraham did not need a reward of flocks of silver of gold. He needed a son. He wished for a son. He prayed for a son. There are many today that have everything except the joy of parenthood. Some have tried different methods of conception and still don't have a child. To some, even the worth they have may end up becoming meaningless as they have no one to share it with. For Abraham and Sarai, they were already promised. They were laboring on a promise of God. It is one thing to wish for something and perhaps believe that God will give you, but it is another thing when God has expressly said he will give you this thing. He had come through for them in the area of wealth. He had already given them the land. They waited for a son. 
Abram looked at Eliza and thought, perhaps that would be the ear. He had no solution other than what was before him, his servant. He looked at the solution with a naked eye, with the eye of men instead of the eye of God. He needed to, to be encouraged to wait for the promised son. Because perhaps he would have probably began to say to Eliezer, you are going to inherit this and that and make promises that he would have to change later on when the son had come. And God took that opportunity to come and give him assurance, to come and encourage him again to believe for his own son. God had rewarded Abram already, giving him victory against those that had taken Lord, coming back to the land allotted to him by the Lord. But what is the point of rewarding Abram with everything except for an heir, Lord? What was the point of this vast land, the flocks, the silver and the gold and no son in the house of Abram? God took that opportunity to encourage him, to strengthen and assure him. It is written, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Ah, praise the Lord. Count the stars, Abraham. Can you number the stars? Count the stars. You might not have a single son, but the number of stars in the sky represent your offspring. You might not have the single star, but you see all of them, they are yours. Stop looking at the things of God in a natural way. You have no son now, but count the stars. You may be old now, but count the stars. God is so unlimited in power. We all need some assurance at some point in life. Perhaps you have been applying for a job, child of God, and the Lord has already said to you, you have a job. A prophetic word has been issued. You have a job. But you still wake up every day and you look at the sun from sunrise to sunset. Don't give up, child of God. Wait on the Lord like Abraham. Perhaps you have been praying for a husband or a wife and you have all planned out, but you still cannot find the right person. Don't give up, child of God. Don't settle for the servant. Eliezer is not the heir. That man that is ungodly, that woman that is ungodly is not the one for you. He will frustrate you. She will frustrate you. She will probably stand in the things of God when you've married that person. You might end up divorcing because that person was not yours in the first place. It was because you were so impatient with God. It was because you wanted to take matters into your own hands. I have waited for so long, Lord. Wait some more, child of God. Wait some more. One of the best things about God is that he does not just tell us the good to hear stuff, but the realities of life. He does not promise us all the silver and the gold only, but he tells us the trouble that might come. It would take many more years for this Eliezer incident before the sun would come. God further revealed to Abraham, the situation that would befall the nations that Abraham was going to have. God revealed that they would become slaves in a foreign land for 400 years and will come out with great possession. Imagine having this discussion with the Lord about a son that is not even there. God telling Abraham that these children that you don't have, even the first son, these children of yours, this nation that I've spoken about, they are going to be slaves in a foreign land. They were speaking about something that is not there. They were like counting those stars and beginning to say, those stars are going to be in trouble at some point. 
but they will come out with great possessions. This stopped being a fairy tale to become a real life issue. It became real to Abraham when God revealed not only the good things, but also the trouble that they were going to encounter as a nation. I remember God assuring me one time at one of my lowest points in life. He revealed that a solution would come, but the solution would not look good to me, but that I must take it by faith as something good will come out of it. It would be months before even that happened, and when it did, it made sense to me. It would take more years for that thing to make more sense. What I took seemed like it was not good for me, but it turned out to be a great blessing. Some of the things that God has given you, you may have rejected because they don't look like what you were hoping for. It could be that your blessing is wrapped up in the very thing that you despise when it comes to you. At your lowest point, child of God, may the Lord come through and assure you of his faithfulness, his ability to bring about change, and his power that is at work. So the Bible says Abraham believed God, but he was still as human as you and me. After counting the stars in chapter 15 of Genesis, chapter 16 then opens by saying, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Verse 1. The situation had not changed for years. Abraham had counted the stars, but the one star to birth the other stars had still not come. Sarai started to give up. Abraham was not different. He was human. She brought her maid to Abraham and he did not refuse. So if he believed completely and was standing in faith, Abraham would have refused. Well, I'm not sure if he was just happy to have another woman. Or he also began to believe that there must have been another solution other than what God had promised. Abram agreed with Sarai, took Hagar and made her pregnant. God did not come to address Abram this time. Instead, he came through for Hagar when Sarai chased her out. She was the one that needed assurance. She was the one that needed encouragement. The solution that Sarai had come with had become a problem for her. She was pregnant and saw herself as the main wife and scorned her mistress. Then God came and revealed himself as Jehovah that sees. He saw the affliction of Hagar and assured her about her son and told her to go back. God did not promise Hagar that Sarai would treat her fairly. He just said go back. You see, this episode did not move God to speed up the process for Sarai to have a son. At times, God is truly not in a hurry. It was 11 years since the first call of Abraham when Ishmael was born. He was 86 years of age. It would be another 14 years before the promised son would come. So many years of waiting on the Lord. Abraham needed assurance again. God came and established a covenant with Abraham. After having up Ishmael, Abraham still was hoping and believing God for the son. But you see, he already had looked at Eliezer. And there was now Ishmael in the picture. And God came. It was now a time for a covenant. This was now serious business. God said to Abraham, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Praise the name of the living God. God came again. To assure Abraham that he would be a father of many nations. He had only one son by that time. And it was not by Sarai his wife. And God further said, As for Sarai your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. 
Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Praise the Lord. There was a name change from Abraham to Abraham, father of many nations. From Sarai to Sarah, mother of many nations. There was a covenant between God and man. This was like God had signed a contract with Abraham. Their names on the front page of that contract. The terms and conditions of the agreement inside that document. Circumcision was established in new names. Blood had to be spilled for this new covenant and flesh was cut. Abraham still did not get it. He laughed at the thought of an old man and an old woman having a child. You see, Ishmael was already born. He was now a solution in the eyes of Abraham. The eyes of Abraham were now consoled by the sight of the young and the only son that he had. God assured him again, not Ishmael Abraham, but a son by Sarah, your wife. Your solution does not cut it, Abraham. The word of the Lord God stays true, not your own, but the word of the Lord. Someone out there is about to give up on life because of the challenges they are facing. It is not a time to tell them their names. They know who they are. They want to know what's going to happen, how will it happen, and with whom. God assured Abraham that it was by Sarah that he was going to have the son that God had promised him. A sick person out there wants to hear the words that the Lord has healed you. You will rise from this bed of sickness. It shall be well with you. You are healed by the stripes of the Lord. An unemployed person wants to hear the words that a job will be released soon. A business person wants to know that the business will grow, new ventures will come. A troubled married couple wants to know if their issues will be resolved. It is not a time to play in the pulpit using the name of the Lord God in vain. God wants every opportunity to be used to encourage his people, to assure his people. People leave church without solutions and go seeking them elsewhere. People are desperate. They need solutions and the church is playing church. Beyond your name, like Philip, people need to be convicted about the Christ. The words you speak must draw them towards God, not leave them floating over nothing. To the man with leprosy, for example, the prophet said, go wash seven times. There was no need to begin to tell him where he came from, what his name was, the position he occupied, the king that he was serving. No, this man needed a solution to his leprous flesh. But in fact, this man was offended that he was not even greeted by the prophet in a matter fitting all protocol. The prophet of old did not have the time to play games. This man knew who he was. He knew where he came from. He knew who his king was. That was not important. What was important was what was the solution on the issue of leprosy. They spoke the word needed by the person, not wanted. People just want to know that the prophet is speaking. But if you have a challenge, you need a solution, not to be told your name in ID numbers. God will assure his people who are despondent and troubled. Those that are about to give up, allow me to say to you, your issue is being attended to. God will answer your prayers. He is the same God of Abraham. Even if it took 24 years and on the 25th year, the son of promise came, your issue will be resolved in the time of God. Yours is to hold on. You need to believe God is faithful. You need to believe God is able. You need to believe God will do it and you stay there in the promises of God. You need your hope to be revived. You need to stand in faith. God did not do anything else to speed up the process for the promised son. It took years again for Isaac to be born. 
But at the end of it all, the son came, the nation was born, Israel exists today. Rest, child of God, in the knowledge that God, who made an old man and an old woman to have a child, is capable of bringing a solution for you today. He is the same God he has never changed. His power is not diminished. His will has not changed. It is still contained in his way. His promises are yes and they are amen. He is God who never lies. It is impossible for God to lie. So you take the promises of God and you hold them dear to your heart and you keep on saying, Father, you have promised and I believe. Father, I'm going to wait for you. At the appointed time, that answer will reach you. Not a day sooner, not a minute sooner. You may think that you are too desperate. God knows that you can take it. God knows that you are able to wait. You may think that you will not be able to wait. God knows that you are able to wait. If he said, wait for it, wait for it. If he's not going to give you, he is also able to tell you that you are not going to have this one because he is God. There are other kings in the Bible that were told upfront that you are going to die, even if they wanted to leave. One other king had gone to look for a solution from somewhere else, not from the prophet of God. God found those people, those messengers, and asked them, where are you going? And he told them to tell the king that he's not going to rise from that bed. He's going to die. Because he wanted a solution that was coming from every, anywhere else except from God. But if you're going to wait on the Lord, he's going to come through for you. He did that for King Hezekiah. Today, be assured of the faithfulness of God. Be assured of the power of God. Be assured that God is able and he's going to do it for you. I don't know what you are asking God for, but I pray that you will stay in the hope and rise up in faith that God will do it for you. The word of the Lord God has all his promises. They are yes and they are amen. God is able. Believe him. Believe his word. God is still speaking today. He is still saying something even today. He does speak through his word. He does speak to some. They have found the grace of him coming and speaking to them directly. To some, he speaks through dreams and visions. To some, he speaks through the servants of God. And when he speaks, he will give you assurance. He will give you encouragement. He will give you promises. He will give you even guidance. And yes, he does rebuke at times. God is not playing with us. He is not playing church. He is God Almighty. And when he speaks, there is meaning. There is content. There is life in the words of God. May you believe God. May you seek to hear his voice. May you seek assurance from him. You will find encouragement in God that you'll be able to hold on and to wait on the Lord. And he will grant you the desires of your heart. May the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the Word of God your anchor.